0: And welcome everyone. Today, we like to welcome you. If you're a guest with us, worshiping, we're so glad you're here. We welcome you this morning. Amen. Praise God. A couple of quick things, if you would, this morning. Uh, two quick things I forgot to announce, and that is uh, number one. Obviously, we do need to break down. But before we break down, after uh, not break down dance, I gotta like break down. Wicker, 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 Uh uh, we are going to have a time of refreshments, coffee, we've got some uh, light refreshments afterwards, uh, so we won't be super long today, and the hope is not so that you can get out of here earlier, but so that you can have an opportunity to fellowship, and a lot of times, I know now with small groups it's a different, but you know, there, there is a time where usually people try to get here right on time and they leave right when it's done, but there's something about fellowshipping with our brothers and sisters, so if you could today, take a moment, sit around, and um, hang hang out for a moment. You can have some good coffee and some, uh, uh, we probably have some other stuff back there, but have an opportunity to fellowship with us and still be able to get out of here in plenty of time. Amen. Praise God. The Lord bless you. You can re- remain seated. I don't really have a scripture today to pull from, uh, but you know what? You You can still preach without a scripture to start from amen but all of us if you've got kids you understand that there is no such thing as sleeping in on christmas morning it's safe Reese. yes i can harken back to when i was a child i remember my parents the way they would do christmas by the way it's good to have mother Wright with us this morning amen I know she's technically mother right of all of Antioch. However, we claim a special place for her because she was with us every week when we first started. So we made her an honorary member of us forever. Uh, I remember my parents, the way my parents would do it when I was younger, when I was uh, a child, is that they would wait till Christmas Eve to bring out all the presents, so... Christmas morning when I would wake up and I would go to the tree, I would look to see how many presents were there because they wouldn't put them out before. And I remember sort of the anticipation of a young child waiting to see what was going to be out there and try to figure out by the shapes of the boxes, by the sounds that they made, what was inside of them. As we all understand sort of that, I I came across this. I thought it was interesting. I'm not here to endorse Santa Claus for some of you, so just back away for just a second and not go down those roads. But I thought it was funny. I read, came across this some actual letters that were written to Santa it said, kids, it said, "Dear Santa, when you come to my house, there will be cookies for you, but if you 're real hungry, you can use our phone and order a pizza to go. <laughs> Dear Santa, I want a puppy, I want a playhouse." Thank you. I've been good most of the time. Sometimes I've been a little wild. Dear Santa, this is from a four-year-old. Dear Santa, I'll take anything because I haven't been really good this year. (laughs) Dear Santa, I'm not going to ask for a lot. Here's my list. An Etch-A-Sketch animator, two packs of pencils, Crayola fat markers, and my big gift, my own color TV. Well, maybe you could drop the pencils. I don't want to be really selfish. (laughs) We all understand the anticipation that comes. Especially you lose that as you get older a little bit. But We all understand children that anticipate this time of year, anticipate what's coming. But I want to go back with you just for a moment today and maybe challenge you, challenge someone in this room today, take you back to the time... The birth of Christ. Just in case you don't know this, and I don't have time to go and explain it, December twenty fifth is not the actual day of the birth of Jesus. It doesn't take much study to come to find out he was not born on December twenty fifth. I know that I know people uh, assume that and we, they celebrate that, but there is first of all, there's no biblical evidence for that. Second of all. You can do some very simple research and find that is not the case. But anyways, during the time of Jesus' birth, we find there were several people that were anticipating Jesus. They were looking for Jesus. They They were waiting anxiously for the Messiah to come. You see, it wasn't the innkeeper that was waiting. He was too worried about keeping track of all those that were filling up his rooms. It wasn't Herod, he was too busy with his things. It wasn't the Pharisees, they were too busy checking off the boxes of religion. But there were some individuals that were truly believing and anticipating for the birth of a Savior. Oftentimes, the problem that a lot of us have is that we want something for God, or we're looking for something from God, but because it doesn't come in a package that we're expecting or it comes in a way that makes us comfortable, we sometimes miss the opportunity when God comes. You can go to many cases in Scripture and you can find time after time where people missed opportunities. One that really jumps out at me, it's not a Christmas story, but one that jumps out at me is when the disciples were out on the boat and Jesus came walking on the water. And even though they had just spent time with Jesus, they know what He looked like. And the Bible doesn't say He changed clothes. He had to be wearing the same clothes they saw Him in before. But when He came walking on the water, they missed it. Because He didn't come like they had expected. I wonder how many times that we want something from God. But because it doesn't come the way we expect it, we miss. I've often heard heard this before. It's not original with me, but I, I think it's it's tremendous. Oftentimes we pray, "God, give me faith. I want more faith." Maybe you've prayed that before. Maybe you've said those words, Lord, give me faith. And and the expectation of that faith is that somehow we're going to be struck by this bolt of electricity from heaven's throne that's going to zap us with this great faith. But oftentimes you find that your desire for great faith is met by a season or a situation that requires your faith to grow. You often say, Lord, help me love more. I want to love. You know what? I want to love my wife more. Guarantee you, guess what? She's going to do something that's going to make you have to love her more. She wasn't on your nerves before. She's going to get on your nerves now. God, I want my husband. I want to love my husband more. Be careful what's coming around the corner. Because oftentimes we want a Savior, but we're not seeking a Savior. We want an answer, but we're not willing to seek an answer. In fact, when we go to the two characters today that I'd like to draw attention to, we both find them in Scripture. They won't be on Christmas cards. They—they're not really celebrated. They're not sung about. They're—they're they're not put in Christmas stories. And in fact, in most of the most of the stories you find about the birth of Christ, they're not even mentioned. But in the Gospel of Luke. Luke mentions two particular individuals and, 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 and sort of who they were, and, 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 and not very much about them. And we don't know a huge amount about them, but we find that, that they're two very unique individuals. One was Simeon, and another was, her name was Anna. Both of these individuals come into the, the story of the birth of Christ, and, and both of them have sort of a unique background and perspective but, but they have something in common. In fact, when Luke began to write about their anticipation, he used the Greek word, in case you don't know, the New Testament was written in Greek, some Aramaic, but mostly Greek, and the Old Testament was, was written in Hebrew. And so when Luke described their, their their anticipation, he actually used a Greek word that said they're alert to his appearance. And ready to welcome him. They were alert and they were ready. And we find the first one being Simeon. And Simeon must have been older at the time, somewhere, because the Bible says that the Holy Ghost appeared to Simeon and spoke to Simeon and said, You won't pass away until you have seen the Messiah. He was looking for that. He was anticipating that. He was was searching for that. And and the Spirit of God told him, go to the temple and wait. That's where it's going to happen. And when, when Mary and Joseph came in with Jesus, the Spirit of God quickened in Simeon's heart that this was the one. And he went over and he greeted the child because he knew this was the one. The other one we find is Anna. Anna was a widow, in fact, in, in, her, in, her, in her situation, the Bible says that she basically spent all of her days fasting, praying at the temple. She was there continuously, seeking and searching, looking for that redemption. And when Jesus shows up at the scene, and Jesus shows up, we find that she was ready and she welcomed and she recognized. You see, the people that truly recognized who Jesus was were the people that were truly looking for Him. They weren't caught up in a in a religious activity because there was a whole group, hundreds and thousands, that missed this birth. But the ones that, that recognized it were the ones that were anticipating it. The ones that were seeking for it. You see, there's a lot of people, and there may be even some in this room, and I don't say this to be offensive, but there are some of you in this room, you showed up simply today because you were invited or maybe to check off some kind of obligation that you have to go to church. But there are some that came in this place today anticipating and looking for the manifested presence of Jesus Christ. Because in this room today, there will be people that will leave out of here and go, man, did you feel God? And there are others that will leave out of here and go, what was all that about? They sang a few songs, some guy got up there and talked, but really it didn't seem like there was much happening. Why? Because there were some that were waiting and anticipating, and there were others that were just caught up in life. In this room today, you can't see them, but in this room today, there are pictures that are floating around. In this room today, there are voices. That are floating in the air. In this room right now. You don't see them. You really don't even feel them. But they're there. Because somewhere. Either in the. Close proximity or even farther away in Baltimore or in D.C. There are towers that are sending out signals. In those signals there are pictures. In those signals there are. Voices, and they're in this room right now. There's nobody in here today that would argue that. You wouldn't say, well, you're crazy. There's nothing in this room. I don't see it. Show me. But in this room right now, there are are literally, there's movies that are floating around in here. There are TV shows. There's news. Christmas music. All floating in this room right now. You say, well, I I don't see it. No, you don't see it. However, if I had the right mechanism and I got that mechanism in this room and I put up the antennas and I know some of you nowadays because most people have gone strictly to cable, you've maybe forgot how it was back in the day when you had your rabbit ears. Some of your holy ones that you didn't want anybody to know, you kept them in the closet. You broke them out when people left. Oh, I know how it is, don't tell me that. We know how it is. I love the fact that everyone that didn't have a TV on 9-11 somehow found a way to get a TV. You have all that, right? So you you have those, and and, and if you ever mess with rabbit ears, you understand that it takes a little bit of finesse to be able to properly position those antenna to be able to pick up the signal clearly. So that what's in the room can be made manifested through the device. There's no argument that it's in the room. There's no argument that it's there. But the fact is, is that you can't see it unless you have the proper mechanism at work to make it manifested. And we find... That there's something in common with those that saw and found Jesus on his birth. Because the wise men came to do what? The wise men came to worship. Simeon anticipated that Jesus was going to be made manifest. And he was where at? In the house of God anticipating him in a place of worship. we find that Anna was constantly at the temple and fasting and praying, anticipating the manifestation. All of these people that recognized the birth of Jesus all had something in common and that they were in common because they had a thread of worship. They had a thread because when the angels appeared unto the shepherds, they appeared with a voice and a song of worship. Because it's worship that becomes the mechanism that allows the the, the the infinite to fellowship with the finite. It's worship that bridges the gap from the eternal to the temporal. It's worship that allows me to get in tune because we no longer go to a temple. We don't go to a temple to worship Him. I know we're here today, we're in, a, we're, in a, we're in a building, and I know today that most would describe today, this is our church, even though it functions six days out of the week as a cafeteria. But today, because we're here, we call it a church. However, we don't come here to worship, because you can worship Him anywhere. There's nothing in Scripture that says you've got to go to a particular place to worship God. You can worship him anywhere. In fact, the Bible says no longer is there a temple, but we have become the temple. And we find that these individuals anticipated, but how do I make sure? How do I make sure in my mind, in my heart, my life, that I don't miss? what God does in my life. I don't, want to, I don't want to ask this today. I don't want you to lift, raise your hand because it's not, it's not a question that needs an answer to me. It's really an answer you only can make to yourself and God. But the question today is, how many of you, you don't want to miss out on what God has for you? One of the most powerful emotions that we battle in our life is the emotion of regret. There are very few things that eat at you. There are very few things that cause a lack of sleep, like the emotion and the nagging and the eating of the voice of the regret. Just simply saying that word today, regret, I guarantee you, in some of you, it sends negative emotions flooding your mind because you immediately go to things in your life you regret. Things you did, you regret you didn't do. Things that you didn't do, and you regret that you would have done them. Regret is a powerful emotion. But you know what? I know I've used this before, but please allow me today to use it again. To me, I know the Bible says that in heaven there is no sorrow. So allow me today to what I'm about to use as my illustration doesn't fit with theology, but it's just trying to make a point. I wonder when we get to heaven and we we meet our Savior, somewhere in the whole conversation that he says, I want to show you something. I says, sure. Love to show you. And I, I kind of this is just my my it doesn't fit really good with biblical theology. Just work with me for a moment. I'm not preaching a new 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 way. I'm just trying to get you to think. And he says, I want to show you something. I can't use you today. You're a little out of how oh, come here, Sydney, you, this happened when you sit on the second row. You are you're in danger of being used. Says, Come here, Sidney, I want to show you something. You play God and you play God and I'll play me. You say to me, Come on, Joel, I'm gonna show you something. Come on, Joel. Let me show you something. And God takes me by the hand, and we go down, you know, first apostle way, take a left on Peter Street, a right on John. We come around the bend, and there it is standing before us. This giant building, taller than any building I've ever seen. Opens the doors, walk in, and it's like you've seen in some of those movies. It's this warehouse that has rows that go on forever. He says, you know, let me take you. He takes me by the hand. We begin to walk. God and I begin to walk. And, and I begin to look on the shelves. And I notice that on the shelves there are names. And I say, well, wait a minute. That, hey, wait a minute. That I'm starting to realize somewhere in this is, it's my name. And he goes, you know, Q-R-S-T-U-V-W. And we take a right down W. And finally we go and we get, you know, Adam right, Bill right, Charlie Wright, David right, Enoch right, Freddie right, George Wright, Herbert right, Isaac right.
1: <laughs> now Joel,
0: there he is. And on that shelf... It's my name and God says, Look up there, see, and I look at my name and, and right there I see all this stuff there. And, and and I'm looking, and then just that moment of sort of that what is it? And God looks at me and says, See all of that stuff? See all of that stuff. Right. You play a good God, that's good. It's good. <laughs> very, very moving. He says, Look at all that stuff. That's everything that I would have given you if you would have just asked me for it. Thank you, God. appreciate that. Thank you. Now, I know that doesn't fit because, you know, we don't have regret. There's no sorrow in heaven. But, but I wonder, I've often used this, forgive me. I, I wonder if we could see, peel back the layers of the Spirit after we're done today. After any time we come together. And, and I, I, I picture it this way. Forgive me, I'm a little, I'm a little goofy and sometimes. But I picture that after we're done, in comes heaven's cleaning crew. Some angels come in and, and they, uh, they begin to look around. They see all the stuff left. And they begin to collect it. Here's healing, I'm going to pick that up. Here's some hope, I picked that up. Here's some faith, I picked that up. Here's some comfort, let's pick that up. You know those tears that you were crying? I I had some answer here, but I got to pick that up. Take it back. Why? Because we were just caught up in the moment. Checking off a box. But we weren't anticipating that in this room is the answer. And we didn't do what was necessary to get ourselves in alignment so that we could find what was in this place. We were just checking off a box. And so instead of being able to see and find what we needed today, we became like the hundreds and the thousands that passed by a stable but didn't realize behind those doors, in there with the animals that were calling out, was a Savior. But because it wasn't like they expected. It wasn't in the palace. It wasn't at the royal amphitheater. It wasn't in the great hospital of the day. Wherever we could come and marvel. But no way can there be a savior in that. No, no, no. When our savior comes, he's going to come with sounds of trumpets. He's going to come with a host of angels. They're going to announce to everyone... That he's here, but there's no way he could be there. And I can't imagine how many people walked by that stable that night, not even realize what was inside. Oh, it's just another service today, preacher. It's just another time we come together. It's just the holidays. Yes, it's the holidays, but can I be honest with you? Does your life know and your problems know it's the holiday? Does your loneliness know it's the holidays? Does your hurt know it's the holidays? Does your sorrow know it's the holidays? Does your grief know it's the holidays? Does the problems you're dealing with say, we'll give you a break for the next three weeks? It's the holidays. Does the brokenness of 2017 know it's the holidays? Does the memories from your childhood that haunt you to this day know it's the holidays? Does the loneliness? No, in fact, you know what? I find, brother Jetty, brother Bickley, that it's not the fact that they go away in the holidays; it's the fact that the holidays bring a more magnified, amplified sound, and that's why you read and you find that the most depressed and the most suicides during the holidays they go up; they don't go down. Suicides, they don't they don't go down during the holiday because it's the holiday. Santa Claus is coming. Let's all celebrate. But they actually go up. Why? Because it's the season that amplifies the emptiness. Because you know what's going to happen? i got to be honest with you. I know what's going to happen. My wife and I know what's going to happen. All parents know this is going to happen. You're going to get your kids stuff. You're going to go out. You've shopped. you burn burned gas. you you spent hard-earned money. You're going to spend money to wrap them up, put them in all that paper. They're going to come through, open them all up, and three hours later, that's it. We we bought my son something last year. Like in March. I remember going downstairs. It was in the corner. It hadn't been touched since Christmas Day. Oh, God. Help me, Jesus, be a fence right now. Because you know what? Even the adults in here that try to act like you're, we all have something you want probably. But you know what? When it's all done, it's done. It's over with. Even right now, if I gave you what you, not just what you wanted, I mean on the top of the list. I mean, even your Santa baby, a 54 convertible, light blue, I'll wait up for you. I mean, even if you had that Christmas list fulfilled, still just, Left with the emptiness. The question today is, what are we looking for? There's nothing to me that amplifies that question more than this season. What are you looking for? You know, that's the problem I find where most people, I'm not just talking to guests today. I'm talking to Some people that come here every week. You know what I find? That most people, that's why they plateau in their walk with God. Because they come looking for something. But when they find that first initial, they stop looking. They stop searching. Stop reaching. What are you looking for today? Don't, don't, I don't want to say this to make you depressed. But back in through 2017 how many things that you leave in your seat next to you that you just missed because you weren't looking for it what are you looking for today can I be honest with you what you're looking for you can find you can find in Jesus Jesus but it may not come the way you think. As the old song says, He's an on-time God. Yes, He is. He may not come when you want Him, but He'll be there right on time. i got to be honest with you. Some of the things that God has done in my life didn't come like like I expected. My story today... I tell you of how I'm standing here to you today, I did not put the dots together like they unfolded. Sometimes, i got to be honest with you, some of you know my story and I don't have time to go into all of it, I stand sometimes here where I'm at with you and sometimes I pinch myself and think, how in the world did I get here? But you know what? I can say today the reason why I'm here is because I was looking and anticipating. And when the answer came, I didn't miss it. Can I tell you today that whatever question you have, the answer is here. The question today is if you'll miss it or not. I know today may not be the moment to make that decision We've got things in our mind. We've got things we have to do, places to go, people to see, stuff to do, the hustle and bustle and all the stuff we fight with the crowds and everything going on in the holiday season. But when January rolls around and 2017 holidays become a distant memory and you're faced with 2018 and yeah, you may have some thoughts and desires and some dreams of things that are going to change in 2018, but by the end of January, you'll realize it's probably not going to happen. So the question is, when all that's done, what are you going to look for? I often hear people tell, you know, 20, you know, my life's going to change. And my question back to them is, what are you going to do differently to make it change? Because you see, there was something in common. We could go more and more. But there was something in common, Brother Joel, with the wise men, with Simeon, with Anna. With those that didn't miss, there was something in common. And here's what it was. They did not sit back waiting. But they moved. Simeon went to the temple. Anna was at the temple. The wise men came searching for the star. There was something in common. There was movement. The Bible says that the, they marveled. They marveled. What does the word marvel mean? It means they were overcome. They were. They were in amazement. I gotta be honest with you today. I think people, when they when they come together to worship, England, I think we've lost a little bit of the marvel for the fact of. Really the opportunity that the King of kings and Lord of lords really wants to fellowship with me? I mean, think about that for a second. I'm almost done. But think about that. The creator of all things loves me enough to fellowship with me. But because they marveled Marvelers become movers. When I understand who's here and what's available to me, it makes me move. It makes me want to move. We could sit here today. You see, do you know the difference in the scripture between the beggar and the one who got healed? is that when you don't move, you become a beggar. Beggars don't move. They wait for someone to come by and put something in their cup. And because they don't move, they'll take anything. And that's the problem nowadays. We become so dependent on everybody around us that when no one's putting anything to our cup, and then what do we do? We go looking for anything. Right? Because that's what we need. Because our life is defined by that cup. But if you go back, you find the common thread. There was a blind Bartimaeus that had a cup. But the Bible says when he, when he heard that Jesus was coming, he moved. i got to be honest with you today. There are times where Jesus will come seeking for you. But the Bible says in John chapter 37, verses 36, 37, 38, the Bible says, if any man thirst, let him. That him is you. That him is me. Let him come. Let him come. The question today is: Are we going to be movers, or are we just going to stay where we are? Father, I know the season that we're in, time of year we're in. The hustle, the bustle, the stress, the emotions. I know for a lot of us today, our minds are on every other thing except you. And in that time, God, it's hard for us to put all that down to focus on you. But I believe, God, you desire to show yourselves to us, for us to know you, for us to find you. God, I pray today that you would give us all the grace to become movers That we'd not just sit back in anticipation. But we would move towards you. That we would not. We would not miss our time. What you want to do in our life. The things that you want to do. Lord in the name of Jesus. I speak hunger on our parts today. Let a fresh hunger. A gift of hunger. Be upon us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I speak that today. Help us. In this season, God, with so many emotions, when it all comes down and ends, I pray, Lord, that you would make yourself known and make yourself manifest to us like never before, that we could seek you, we could find you, we could know you. Let it be done, Jesus. For those who seek God, you said they would find. For those who knock, you said it'd be open. For those who ask, you said you would answer. God, let us be seekers, let us be knockers, let us be askers, that we could find you and know you. In the name of Jesus, I speak all these things. In Jesus' name. Can we just lift our hands one time and just thank Him and love Him right now? Come on. Those of you who would, we feel comfortable in doing that. Would you just express yourself to Him just for a moment? Can you express yourself to Him? Understand and know that he's in this place today, and you can express to him right now the way you feel. Come on, don't just don't use my words. You you use your words. Express your feelings to him. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Please don't forget, we will be back here next Sunday for those of you that are in town. We'll be back here at 10 a.m. next Sunday for a Christmas Eve service. We're going to have a time in just a few moments for some uh, refreshment and time of fellowship, so please don't leave. Let me just say this really quickly because I probably won't see some of you because of your schedules and going out of town and other obligations. Let me just say, on behalf of my wife and my kids and myself, we want to wish all of you, all of you, a very merry Christmas and a happy new year. And we are so honored and so thrilled to serve you We love all of you so very much, and I can't tell you how excited I am of what 2018 is going to bring. Can't tell you. I know, I know today's a little off, we got a lot of people out already, but the last couple of weeks, it's been amazing, anticipating what's going to happen, and, uh, I pray that you would just get on board with everything you got and I can I I I I just I I just have faith that man by the end of the next year we may not even be able to fit in this room. Amen. It's just what God is doing and things are happening and so we're excited about that. So if you will take some time, stick around, shake some hands, greet somebody, get some refreshments, don't rush out of here. We're going to do that. Father, we ask that you would take, bless this time of fellowship, bless this food, bless this time together. I pray your blessing in Jesus' name over every person that is connected to Antioch West. I speak blessing over them during this holiday season. I speak your protection over them to keep us safe as we travel, visit family and friends. We speak all these things in Jesus' name. Praise God. We're going to take time now.